You are listening to the Nerd's Guide to Financial Independence podcast, episode number 18, and I am super excited to bring you this episode with Joe and Jen Delafave on creative financing. This is going to be part one of two in a post series on creative financing, and I hope you guys enjoy this deep dive. Hey friend, I'm Sarah, and welcome to the Nerd's Guide to Financial Independence podcast. I am here to show you that financial independence can be for anyone who wants it badly enough and that investing in real estate doesn't have to be scary, take a vast DIY knowledge, or involve heaps of debt. When I am not sharing my own progress to FI, I'll be picking the brains of fellow like-minded, debt-conscientious investors. I am so glad that you are here, my fellow aspiring retirees. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption, but I really wanted to come on here and talk to you about the management program that I use to manage my real estate properties. And it is called Avail. If you have not heard me talk about it, I'm extremely obsessed with it because it is like cozy on steroids. So I do all of my tenant screening through there. I can do background checks. I can do criminal checks. I can do eviction record reports. You can have the tenants pay for their own background checks. And you can also push your advertisement for your properties out on various platforms. And once you get it listed, people can apply. You can add custom questions to your pre-screen. And then once they're in you know, the system and you've chosen your tenant, they can do all their rent collection through there. They can put their security deposits in. They can show proof of insurance. And my absolute favorite part, which is really hard to find, is it is a one-stop shop because I can do all of my lease forms electronically. Goodbye paper. This is my favorite thing, especially as a real estate investor that has aspirations to be a passive investor. I want it all to be able to be handled on my phone. And I can do that with Avail, which is awesome. So if you want to check it out, I highly recommend pop over to Instagram, go in my bio, click on the link, and right at the top, you're going to see my favorite you know, landlord software right at the top called Avail please go check it out. Hey, everybody. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with Joe and Jen, correct? And pronounce your last name for me because I constantly get that wrong. So, Delafave. No Delafave. Okay. And all one word. Is it, is it capitalized in the middle somewhere? Or? Yeah, there, it's, it's capital D, capital F, space in the middle. Uh, it's Italian. My husband's oh. you know, family is from Italy, Very. so... I think they, they changed it through the years, but uh, yeah, we just go Jellafave. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Because I was looking on your Instagrams and I could see the capitalization. I'm like, I need to get this right. So when I list your names out in the podcast, I don't like butcher your name. So thank you for going over that. Yeah, of course. So I met um, Joe and Jen as part of a like-minded investor group. And it's a new group that is kind of, I guess they've been around for a year now, but I just figured out this group has been meeting and they're pretty awesome. And so it was both of our first meetings. And I think we kind of got it started talking and I was really, really interested in your business model is just a little bit different than a lot of other people online kind of covering it. And you guys had some really interesting, very kind of smart perspectives on things. And so I'll let you guys kind of talk about like where you're at, where you live and kind of where you do because you're kind of the masters of seller financing. And I'm very excited to talk. So yeah, well, thank you so much for having us. Um, and you know, it has a few different names. I kind of want to even just start there real quick. Yeah. Because some people refer to it as seller financing, um, but that's actually kind of one part of it, I would say. Oh, really interesting. Creative mm-hmm. financing is kind of the umbrella term. We can get into yeah. that a little more, but yeah, I mean, and then I mean, it just goes off from there. But um, to kind of give you a background, we are in upstate New York, Rochester. It is about six and a half, seven hours from New York City. So we are not near New York yeah. City. Uh, we are, People forget there's a very large rest of the state. So. Yeah, we're, we're not near there at all. So the housing market here is really, I'll let Joe get into that, um, very different than what you'd see in the, the big city. But uh, we definitely love single family homes in this area. I was actually a teacher for eight years. Um, I taught English seventh through 12th grade, and I loved it. And we met in 2008, and he had already flipped a first house before he met me prior to that. And then we ended up buying our first flip house the other 2008, and I kind of thought he was crazy. 
Um, and then it was 2008. So that's a fun time to start investing together. Right. It really, you found it when. Yeah. So it was kind of, <clears throat> I, um, I've actually, I did my first deal 20 years ago to the day. Right. Oh, nice. So I made John already had my own house. She already had her own yeah. house. So here I am working on another house deal and she's wondering why I'm, I'm doing this. This was actually when you could buy houses on yeah. the MLS still. Um, you know, we're, in our city right now, it's very hard to do that. Right. Um, and get like a good right. you know, discount. Yeah, there's, there's none on the MLS in our area anymore. But with that being the point, we ended up buying that house and um, it was a really unique story how we did it. But it ended up being a situation where we thought we were going to do more of a you know, buy it right, do a little bit of rehab work, and then keep it as a rental and build a rental empire. And then we were landlords and we realized that was really not our thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, just the calls, the, you know, odd situations, the neighbors call because, you know, there's police going over there because, yeah. you know, you'll have all the things happen when you're a landlord. And that's just not really, it's a, it's a different type of mindset. So we kind of had the idea of, you know, when we were going to buy these houses, what, what we were going to do. And then we ran into the whole creative financing thing. And that's really what taught us lessons on how to purchase houses and also how to sell them the right way too. And once you really start learning creative financing, there's so many different entry, um, you know, how to get into a deal. And because of how many ways you have to exit a deal, it gives you a lot more flexibility. So many opportunities. So, you're yeah. not just so how did you find out about this? Like, what was your first, did you read something? Did you know someone? Like, how um, did you, do you even remember? I <laughs> web really and started looking for different things, found some mentor groups, found some Facebook stuff and just started diving into the field of it. And it really got to be, because my first deal attracted me to real estate was mm -hmm. one of my friends in 20 years ago, 2000, bought some infomercial on television <laughs> and taught you how to, to buy and sell houses with no money. And I was like, perfect. Cause I'm 23 at the time yeah. and I had no credit and I had no money. So I actually had bad credit back then. So even better. <laughs> and what really brought me to it was the fact that you could still be a real estate person because our investor, because my father and parents were, my grandparents were. And so I saw that happen and I knew I would love to get into it. I just never thought I'd have the opportunity. So I borrowed mm -hmm. the stuff from my friend. I listened to the VCR, watched the VCR tapes and the audio cassette tapes. Yeah. And uh, two months later- The younger I, people on there will be like, what is that? Yeah, no. <laughs> you don't even know how to work a cassette player. Some people <laughs> listening to this. But, I still have VCR. some. <laughs> but with that happening, um, two months later, I had a deal done. And uh, I got the biggest check I ever had in my life. And at 23 years old, you, know, you get a, almost a $15,000 deal. You're jumping for joy. Yeah. And that's what really brought my love for it, for real estate. And mm -hmm. then, um, well, seriously, one of the first things when we met, uh, we were kind of emailing back and forth and he talked about, he loved, he was impressed. I had my own house and he's like, Oh, yeah. I'm like, I need to kind of fix it up. He's like, I would love to help you. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is kind of cool. And I'd never at that time would have dreamed that we now would have our own business, you know, yeah. fast forwarding now. Here we are. Right. Almost later, but this is just, it's awesome. And it's, we just want to help as many people get into it as possible. Yeah. So what kind of real estate did your parents do? Did they do like the buy and hold rentals or were they real estate agents or kind of what was your, what'd you see growing up, I guess? Is... So what I learned was what a lot of things, what to do and what not to do. Um, yeah. That because what my parents had were, they had multifamily houses. Mm -hmm. They had them definitely in rougher neighborhoods. My dad personally managed them. So once you're having situations of things that could go on to those properties and I should write a whole book on the things uh, that I yeah. experienced at a young age, um, because yeah. my summers where my friends were going out and playing ball, I'm eight, nine, 10 years old and we're cleaning out painting. and painting and yeah. gardening the stuff and the, the things you experience are just priceless, I guess. Right. Um, but I think it seems like that was a, you don't want to do this <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Yeah, because like we'd be sitting on a Saturday night together as a family and, you know, you get a call, something's going on on the properties and like, he's got to miss dinner and take off. And it was just really not a great situation. And, and your grandfather too, though, not to cut you off, had, you know, bought so many properties that when he did sell them, because um, they came over from Italy with 
no money. Nothing. So he was able to buy this real estate and then sell it and then build him and his wife and the family like a gorgeous 4,000 square foot ranch. So, I mean, he saw, you know, definitely what was working yeah. and then things not to do too. Right. Yeah, because my grandfather got into it and then kind of got out of it when it was time to cash out. Yeah. And, right. I mean, so that's a really important lesson, like knowing when to turn in your business and, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know what we did three and a half years ago, we switched from, like he was saying, we don't want to be landlords anymore. And that's when we went from rental to rent to own. Yes. Yeah. So that's, made a, that's made a huge difference on our exit strategy. So having that great exit strategy gives us a lot more opportunities to buy houses where no other investors typically can. So Actually, what we've just been recently doing, which has been great, is we've been talking with reaching out and connecting with other investors. And we just say, you know, do you ever have any leads where it just isn't working out for you? Well, because of the way we buy houses, we could still buy some of those. And, you know, we could work out something for those dead leads of yours mm -hmm. because of all the different creative ways we could get into deals that they can't even fathom are even options. That's yeah. huge. Like realizing that, like having that abundance mindset, like there's enough deals out there for everybody because not every deal is going to work for everybody. And so once right. you start connecting and networking, you're really, you know, helping each other out because guys, are, guys and girls are paying so much money for these leads that they're getting as they're marketing. They're, you know, no matter where you market, it's like crazy expensive. Um, and now we can help offset that and put more money in their pocket. Right. So it, it's a, it works out a win-win for us. I mean, they, we're helping a seller. We're going to end up helping a buyer down the road too. Mm -hmm, growing um, our business. And then, yeah. So it, and it's so really you did probably, did you do a lot of network locally, like networking with? So yes. And I think that's one of the strategies that really works fantastic is, is getting involved with other investors, especially if you have any investors yeah. maybe who are just starting out. And they don't even understand how some of these deals will work. Right. Um, so you could help them. And some of the more experienced guys still don't know how it works. So it's really for everybody. And that's the benefit of the way we could help them. Because sometimes you'll run into a situation where the numbers just simply don't work for a wholesale deal. It makes no sense. You can't do it. We could still buy that deal and put money in the, in the investor's pocket for the deal, help the seller out. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're going to you know, do a little something for ourselves. But yeah. I always say the same thing where if you do real estate right, everybody should win. And that's yeah. how we really structure our deals that way. Yeah. Most people are super, you know, inclusive. So there's a local meetup and we were doing it over the summer because it was outside. So, yeah. know, social distancing. The kids were even like, we'd leave them in the car. We could see it right there because we're all in the park. They're yeah. playing on their phones in the back of the truck. And we're getting our names out there and meeting people. And that's like the best thing you can do right now. Not go outside, obviously, if you're in the cold weather like us, but go on Facebook or meetup. Or There's wherever. a lot of different Zoom meetups, obviously. Yeah. And it's fantastic to meet fantastic like us. We would have never met if it wasn't for this. So. Right, exactly. Um, Zoom is the best right now. I think yeah, we're living on it. Yeah, for sure. So talk to me about the creative financing umbrella. So you said that's kind of your big creative financing is the overall thing, but there's many strategies because I think my knowledge of what is under that umbrella is pretty little. So I've done like conventional, I've done private money and I've done, you know, I did a portfolio loan, which is probably the closest thing I've ever gotten to getting really creative with financing, right. I guess, well, besides private money, but. <laughs> I've actually, I've never done the private money thing because once I realized it of creative financing, you never really need private money. Yeah. Um, because most of your deals are so little bit of money, but there's times where you might need some cash. But mm -hmm. if you do, most of the time, it's a very quick turnaround. And I'm talking not years, but I'm talking maybe a month or two before you're fully reimbursed and you're already 100% cash on cash and everything's positive after that. If you structure your deals correctly, that's what's important. So I had a finance background. I worked for an auto industry for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And the last 15, I was in a finance office. So I was the one working with banks with auto loans and credit. So I understand structuring deals back and forth very well. So yeah. when I look at a house deal, um, there's just a, a plethora of ways that will make sense to do this. Now what's the best ways to help the seller, obviously, and make it make sense for us too. Mm -hmm. right. And that's what's got to work. So, but you know, I'm used to running my numbers like for rental properties, like buy and hold real estate. Like I feel like those numbers are pretty straightforward. Is it, is it, does it look a lot different for you guys? Because you do like rent to own now. So do the numbers totally change with that? Like what are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't want to sound like this, but if you actually get down to the nitty gritty, it's fantastic because the thing is we're helping an end buyer buy the property, right? Yeah. So we're not dealing with tenants. So our clientele is a different type right off the bat. These are folks who have that desire to own a home. So they're taking mm -hmm. pride 
property they, and where they're residing. And they really, because yes. once we went from landlording with the same home, some of them, and obviously we've got a lot more after, but the way that these folks, they love these houses because this is going to be a house that they're going to own. And we give our, our folks a lot of freedom as far as they want to paint, they can do that. They want to do landscaping. They want to do gardening. You know, as long as it's not like you're going to turn the front yard into a cornfield, but is <laughs> <laughs> within reason. And they, we give them that freedom and they love it. So, and the way that we do it too is, you know, we give everything in writing. So they're locking in prices years ago and what the market's been. These folks have a boatload of equity mm-hmm. and they haven't even closed on the house yet. They're still the renters, but what they are buying it for compared to what they're, what's worth now are two different things. So they love the program. And so it works. So you guys are kind of acting like a bank in a way. So instead of like going to a bank, like, so I guess if I was an average, like if I was a person off the street, like buying a house, if I went to you guys, like you guys are kind of serving as the bank. So instead of like getting pre-approved for a mortgage, you guys have kind of your own pre-approval process similar. we, We don't do that. What we do is we actually give them, what we'll do is we will obviously show them a house, find out if it works in their budget. We have a a screening process that we use that will help give us back information to make sure at one point they're going to qualify for a mortgage and what they need to do, whether it's credit or time on job or income or debt they have to pay down. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different reasons why they can't maybe qualify right away. So we let them move in now. We we do collect an option payment, which is going to go towards their purchase. So which is fantastic is um, you want to find somebody who has maybe – not all the qualifications today, but mm-hmm. they're on their way back up and they're looking to get into a beautiful home. Maybe they're tired of renting. They want to own a home. Um, and that's, what's great. So what happens is they're going to move into the property. They're going to give us an option payment. They're going to pay rent every month, just like a tenant, but with, mm-hmm. our, with our tenant buyers, they take care of the maintenance. They take care of the repairs, the, the utilities, like it's their own home, the snow removal, because we are in upstate New York. <laughs> Yeah. We get a lot of snow up here. You get buckets of snow, yeah. Uh, it's coming. I mean, it's early December, but I know it's coming. So with that being the case, uh, lawn care, landscaping, they do all of that. But because, once again, they want to own the house and they have some stake in the game with their option yeah. payment, um, these folks are one, they're, they're like friends with us. Um, and throughout this podcast, I'm going to ask dumb questions because I feel like I might as well, because there's so many people out there that just don't understand seller financing. And so I'm going to, I've never heard of an option payment before. And yeah, so I think that's know, interesting. Can you, you know, a down payment slash op, you know, down payment slash option payment. What it is, is you're going to have two agreements. One's going to be the, obviously what they're going to be renting it for. Yeah. The second one is it's going to show them the option to buy it. And this is their price. So we're going to give them a price for the house, which is fair market value that day. But okay. once again, you know, three years from now, like we've got some of them that are almost on the four year mark and their, their house appreciated, no joke, $40,000. Right. They're getting a low old old price. So they make out like bandits right now. Um, And that's why they win. We win because when the way we sell it is if we do a typical fix and flip, we would have to pay um, if you're going to borrow money, money, but we don't like doing that. Um, I've never done that before, but the reason behind this is because we're not paying capital gains tax short term. Right. Um, having to pay a realtor because we're selling directly to our renter. Um, and our rents usually, you know, you, you will get some cash flow out of it too, which is also kind of nice. And with our clients being the way they are, we really want to have a passive income more than us, what you would call passive being a landlord, which is really not passive unless you hire right. a company. Yeah. Um, so with that being the case, it's not a hundred percent completely passive because there's still stuff we do in the back end, but it's a lot different as far as the maintenance calls, the, my furnace died at two o'clock in the morning. Like you don't have that because they know this is their responsibility. Now we, you still might get that call, but you might have to give them direction. So they right. understand it being part of the agreement and don't get me wrong. I mean, we're, we're still, you know, humans. We understand, especially with COVID, you know, we had a, a couple, they've been amazing paying. They pay actually a little over every month. And we, account that towards the down payment, you know, the option that would go towards the purchase price. And was it the furnace that went? Hot water. The hot water tank. And, you know, the father-in-law's and the hospice and the this and that. And we were like, you know what, we're here. You know, it's okay. And we took care of that. So I guess, you know, as as your own business, you have that opportunity to kind of figure out, pick and choose, you know, where you can help um, when it's needed. Especially if you have an amazing family that's living there and they just love their home and they're doing right and you want to do right by them too. So typically we don't do that, but you know, in certain situations. When the timing's right, you have to help people. And that's, that's the name of what you do. But once again, they're, they're, they're great people and 
we were in a situation where we could help, so we did. Yeah, and I would say, like, the terms, going back to that real quick, that was the hardest part. I remember telling him when I first started, I'm like, I don't even understand what the word terms means. Yeah. Terms meant, like, vocabulary words, right? Yeah. (laughs) you know, and I was like, your teaching background probably helps kind of explaining this to people. <laughs> yes, I think it will definitely come into play here, but, you know, a lot more in the future. But as far as like lease purchase, you know, option payment, down payment, yes. all of it, it was just, I'm like, what does this even mean? But once you get into it and you're starting to flow, you, it just all, it all connects and you make sense. Yes. So walk me through, do you have like an example deal or something you've done either recently or one of your early deals, like pick your favorite and can we walk through like how much you buy it for? Because you guys rehab and make beautiful houses. And I think that's what really inspired me about what you guys are doing because you're like helping people out and then you remodel it. It's a higher end remodel. Like you almost do a flip style remodel and I love remodeling houses like that. So I found this really interesting and then kind of go through like what, like your normal terms would be if people are going to yeah. do this contract with you. Actually, it's kind of different things. I would say one, we, we do buy beautiful houses that are almost like turnkey ready. Um, yeah. They need fresh paint. We call it the pretty house polish. Yes. And then there are some cases where we'll invest in a house that does need a complete, which you see on Instagram. I've been yeah. sharing this there. And that one is- People definitely. love their befores and afters on Instagram. <laughs> I love before and after. Um, but then I was going to say, you know, there's so many different creative deals we've done there's seller financing and then there's, you know, going through, what you want to call it like subject to or wraparound mortgage where yes. the, the seller still has, um, they're making payments still. So I'm not sure which one you want to talk about. <laughs> um, you know, let's do, if you like flips too, because flips are really popular. <laughs> yeah, complicated. Right. Yeah. I think I'm one of the only people that doesn't want to do flips. Um, creative finance and one right. of them, I kind of came up with the turn of a mini flip, which is really great because if you flip it the right way, you could actually um, have to borrow, I mean, such a small amount, it's crazy. So mini yeah. flip is, is the point where, and we're in a situation right now, we're working with a seller currently, so I could talk about a current deal. Right. Um, yeah. So we have a seller who inherited a home, they live in South Carolina, he's from our area, mm-hmm. and um, the folks are fantastic. He's just in a situation where the house does need a little bit of work. Um, it's a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. It just needs the paint, some flooring work done, some of the hardwood floors. The kitchen the needs house. a little makeover. I mean, we all yeah. want yeah. the, you know, Christina on the coast kitchen, right? So <laughs> exactly. it needs some love in order for it to, you know, get a really great buyer. And they're just not here locally and they don't want to deal with the house anymore. They just want to be done. Right. So the key, that's kind of your ideal, like distress. Set. Like they're not emotionally invested. They just would like to be out well, of the property. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's more of a headache for him. So the situation is the seller, um, you know, he's getting a lot of offers because what they did was they reached out to a lot of other investors. And if you don't think creatively, you're just competing as the same people and right. the highest one wins. So he's yeah. getting offers because one of his friends told us, and he told me the same thing around a hundred thousand dollars for the property. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, I'm figuring that ARV on it's probably around 190 to 200,000, mm-hmm. especially with how our market is right now. And considering this house, it's a newer house, it's pretty large. Um, and it's, like I said, it's pretty nice. So if we do what Jen does typically to the kitchen, yes. um, and you, say, I know what a Jen kitchen looks like now. <laughs> so if you do one of those jobs to it, you, you do some painting, which goes a long way. And if the floors, which are all hardwood, need to get done, which we've got great guys for that, mm-hmm. uh, that house is going to look absolutely amazing. So what we figured out the, what the ab- absolute budget would be for it, um, they're getting offers for $100,000. The guy really wants, you know, we're probably talking $20,000, $30,000 more than that. So mm-hmm. what's happening is because your typical investor is going to have to run his equation. Right. Fits because they're generally going to either do it themselves or wholesale it to somebody else. Right. So the point of it where I come to him with it, with the situation, which is a win-win for all of us, I said, I would love to buy the house for you. Um, I could agree to pay you know, 120, 125,000 for the property. And then what we're going to do is we're going to buy it now. I'm going to close on it now, but I'm not going to give you any money yet. You're going to have a lien against the house for that $120,000. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my money, all of my guys who live around here, because this house is 10 minutes from our house, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make this thing absolutely stunningly beautiful and fix all the things we talked about, and I'm going to put it on the market. And once I sell it with one of the best realtors in town, um, I'm going to make some money, 
and then I'm going to cash you out for the number, which is twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars more than everybody else. And once we buy that house for that hundred twenty thousand dollar number, and you put that thirty thousand, twenty-five thousand into it, there's really no holding costs. You're going to pay some expenses as far as taxes, but we're not paying for the money. Mm -hmm. It's not making any payments. It's not a mortgage where we have to make payments or borrow the money. It's a lien. So once that house finally gets sold, the lien gets paid. So and he wanted to get paid sooner than later because we would have typically tried to get a longer term. But mm -hmm. he, like I said they want to be done with the house, but they want more money for the house. So this right. is option, Joe's terming the mini flip. <laughs> so yes. with twenty to thirty thousand dollars out of pocket, you're going to double your money when you start selling the house and you incorporate selling with the realtor, paying you some expenses. Um, that deal ends up working out to be. If you look at money and money on those deals, some of those could work out to be very great for you because you're not paying for the money. Um, you're mm -hmm. not paying the holding costs. A lot of these folks will. And because this house is so beautiful already, it's not a full gut job where it's going to take months and months right. to do. This is a quick one. And the market that we're in right now, if you have a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood in this price range, you're going to probably sell that opening weekend and have, you know, probably multiple over offers. Yeah. And right. you have over asking. So, um, that number of 190 to 200 is probably on the very conservative side compared to if you really knock it out and do it right. But, very yeah. interesting. So do you have a really good attorney that does all this? Like, because I'm like, logistically, this sounds challenging. So, so what's crazy is I actually handle a lot of the, I show him what we're doing and he says, okay, that works. And then they do it. But okay. You, you got to really know how to set it up correctly. Right. Um, but as far as like the purchase and sale agreement, he kind of just said, instead of him doing it every time, he's like, here's a template, figure out yourself. And I've just been <laughs> doing it. But Was it a real estate attorney specifically that you work with to draw up your original yeah. paperwork? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, because of my previous job, I know how to do all that stuff. It's right. cars, real estate's all the same, just different product. But right. um, there's obviously some differences, don't get me wrong. But right. I always like to think it through for people that are listening that they like are wanting to get started and they don't have a lot of cash. Like how do you even begin? And I feel like having some, like knowing some kind of real estate attorney, if you don't have your background would probably be the way for someone to go that doesn't have that knowledge. Right. So it would probably be like someone you need. You want to have a good solid team. So you might, you know, definitely if you're not happy with the one that you have, find one that does speak the lingo and understands. And once you find, yeah. you kind of start networking. I mean, we are doing a deal out in Albany and he's found some amazing attorneys out there as well. And that's three and a half hours from us. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> we buy, just so you know, we buy all over New York State. New York State's a okay. very large state. Yes. Uh, you've got Buffalo, you've got Syracuse, Rochester, where we live. They're all about an hour away than Albany, which is the capital district. And then New York City is about six hours from where we live, seven hour drive. So mm -hmm. then you've got all that. You've got, you know, big mountains with the Antarctic Mountains. We're close to Canada. Yes. Uh, so we've got a, a fairly large state. So what we started doing originally is we were just in our area directly within a 40, 50 mile radius and we were doing okay. And then what we kind of had the idea of let's open up to the entire state because we're buying a lot of these properties virtually now, mm -hmm. um, which is a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but we're making deals with folks. Sometimes we make the deal just over messaging and the deals wow. are being done that way without ever having a talk until we're actually doing a virtual walkthrough. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of neat. And then we decided to open the gates and it has, we've got houses that we're doing in Albany, three and a half hours. We got Buffalo now, we got a bunch of Rochester. So we've, it's, um, it's easy to expand. Once you start, you have your method of how you're doing it, you can just continue to grow. Yeah. There's so no walk me through problem. what I would think of as like seller financing. And then we'll go through the third option, which you said was like, it's like the wraparound. Um, right. So that's exactly what this is. So with seller financing, you have a few different ways. Steve's deal. Do that one, the first one. So we um, did a direct mail campaign. Awesome. Uh, Which I definitely want to talk about. So I'm gonna. Hey, yeah. I have an amazing <laughs> lady. I'll definitely uh, give you her name if you need some help there. She's awesome. awesome. So um, they've got a method which really works well as far as getting the letter opened because so many yes. people who do direct mail just send a typical postcard. And I'll tell you, if I get that postcard, it gets flung like a frisbee into the garbage. Yep. Um, nobody <laughs> and everybody does that. So how do you get them to open the mail and read what you have? She's yeah. absolutely amazing and she's got this really neat way. So, um, so you have a lady, so we could, I could message you or yeah, we got, we got some help, but <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. Um, Did you meet her locally? No, no. We networked through different investors. investors that just That's awesome. So does she actually like a lot of, I've talked to a few people that are really successful with them and they actually do a truly like handwritten letter. So what are hers? Do hers look very different? 
So hers looks so legitly handwritten, but it's not. It's all done by machine. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We've had friends of ours who know us who have reached out and be like, why are you trying to buy my house? People I haven't talked to in 20 right. years. Why yeah. are you trying to buy my house? I got that through a divorce or whatever. And I'm like, no, we're not. It was just a accidental thing, yeah. depending you on what. You hand wrote it. She <laughs> wrote it. I'm like, no, I didn't. It was machine. She's taking pictures. I'm like, yes, there's that. Look here. There's 2,000 more of those right behind me. Right. I didn't hand write it. She's like, you wrote my name there. You know it was me. I'm like, I didn't know that it was Meanwhile, you. I didn't notice that when I stamped it real quick. That was right. Her. Yeah. Because you're stamping hundreds of them. Right. Yeah. So with that being the case, they are legitly, they look so handwritten. It's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and her method is how she stuffs them in envelopes and um, they're like invitation style envelopes, so it looks like you're gonna invite it to like a party. Do you remember what list that was? So when yeah, you're gonna order a list, and you want to pick certain qualities. Uh, yes. That you're kind of focusing in on, and I'm putting him on the spot. This is so, uh, so that list was where the tax bill was getting mailed to a different address. Oh, interesting. Do you guys so, know how you pulled that? Did you go on a website and? There's, um, there's different data companies, and actually, yeah, if you call Christy, um, she does all that with you. Oh, too. awesome. Yeah. So I need your girl, pretty much. Yeah, Can exactly. she do out of state? Anywhere yeah. in the country. Yeah, okay. I think she's down in Florida. She, yeah, she's in Florida. Okay, very cool. Yeah, she bragged on Facebook all of her wonderful pictures while it's nice and warm. and you know, <laughs> Yeah. I live in Indiana. It's depressing in the winter. I'm like, it looks like Seattle around here. <laughs> Don't follow her on Facebook because it's so nice where she lives. But either yeah. way, she's wonderful. She's been doing it for a long time. Works with a lot of really good seasoned, top-notch investors. She is not somebody who just started doing this. She works with like the highest quality investors we know just about. Um, That's awesome. So she's the real deal. So Okay. So you sent yellow letters for this house. So you had yep. your girl, your hookup, and she yep. kind of got your mailing list based on your criteria, I'm guessing. Yep. So you wanted people, I guess, for people that are really new. So you want to find people that own a property, but don't live there or live. So the tax record getting sent somewhere else generally means I have a house. I could have inherited that home. Right. I could have been a, a landlord. I could be a there's a, a ton of different, maybe it's a, a second home, third home. Right. Maybe you got married and you had a house and now you don't know what to do with it. And right. being rented by a friend, like so many possibilities. Either way, chances are if your tax bill is getting mailed somewhere else, you don't live there. It's not yeah. your primary residence. So right. if that's the point, it's a second home that's not where you live. So then maybe you would might want to sell that. Mm -hmm. So we target those folks that way. And there's many different ways, but that's just one of them. Yeah. And so a uh, gentleman reached out called into our call service that we have. We have a 24-hour call service, um, yeah, US-based. So. Which I would recommend if you're going to drop, you know, 100 letters every yes. week. Yes. You will get many calls. Yeah, yes. we use a company. They're actually, I think, in Texas. They're called Pat Live. Okay. They're, one. they're fantastic. I really recommend them. P-A-T Live. Pat Live. Okay. Yeah. I link all the stuff you guys talk about in the oh, podcast cool. notes, so I'm going to try to write these down as we go so I don't miss anything. Yeah. So, uh, those folks are awesome there too. Like we'll call them ourselves just to try them on for size and you can listen yeah. to some of these calls and, and the folks that answer the calls there. I mean, I wish we could hire them because some of these folks are just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, they'll say whatever you have on your script. Like, hi, thanks for calling to Joe and Jen's office. How can I help you? Are you looking to buy, looking to sell? And it just. And if you're looking to sell a house, they're going to ask you all the sell questions. If you're looking to buy a property, like rent to own, they're going to ask you all those questions. And you can have multiple numbers too. So if you've got like, you want to, coordinate who's calling in for buying and who's calling in for selling okay. or different types of marketing too, whether yeah. it's Facebook or, you know, maybe you're doing different ads. You can, you track can track it that. that way. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So you um, know what is being productive and what's good use of time and money. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the gentleman responded, uh, inherited home. Uh, his grandfather actually built the house. He was one of the first in the area and was renting to some friends that he was a coworker, but situation wasn't working out he's getting way under value under market value for the rent was mm -hmm. charging all the maintenance lived an hour away just wasn't his thing yeah and uh, but he was emotionally attached to the house and he yeah. like, wasn't ready to just like go through and list it and do all the things that one would traditionally have to do and so when he got the letter he kind of took it as a sign like let me just check this out you know and we met him at the house and he was such a nice guy and you know he got you know you could just feel the energy he took us downstairs i always tell the story um in the basement yeah. area but it was kind of like like kind of finished almost and yeah. he said that that's where they would have their thanksgiving dinner and you could just oh. see like the look of their eyes and everything and um you know we've told them what we do and it was just really a nice way to be able to help him and he was able to walk away and not worry about anything and like the guy who ended up moving out left so much stuff like tv yeah. 
couches. Like huge couches too. Like oh huge. gosh. Who has these TVs? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So with that deal being the case, um, what we did was we worked out a zero down deal. Mm-hmm. I actually had to fight him to give him a hundred dollars. I didn't have to fight him, but I had to <laughs> argue with him nicely. I'm like, just use it to take your wife out to dinner. He's like, yeah. we really don't go out to dinner. I'm like, well then take her out with this hundred bucks then. Like, yeah. Use it to uh, buy your groceries. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he was great. So Such a nice guy. Um, I met, I met him at a McDonald's. So nothing even fancy. I have a purchase and yeah. sell agreement with me. And what we did is we determined the price and the way we negotiate, I ask him what he wants for the house. If he's willing to sell it on terms, I could pay whatever price almost he wants for it. And what he thought was a fair price was a fair price. It was on the high side. But once again, if you're buying it on terms, you could afford to pay top dollar for a house. And this is where it's going to blow every other investor out of the water because you're going to want to offer them 50 cents on the dollar. And this is the first place their head typically goes. So, you know, on an $85,000 home, we end up buying it for probably 82,000. We paid his closing costs. So when we go to closing, he didn't have to come out of pocket with any money. But what he did do for us is we pay the taxes, we pay the insurance, but we also um, pay him $500 a month and that's going towards the principal only. So we don't pay any interest on that money at all. So it doesn't matter what lending institution that anybody will ever talk to, you will never get a 0% mortgage. Right, yeah. Um, so therefore, if, if we'll buy for your price, if you will sell it and we could come up with something that's good for both of us. Because right. at, the end, at the end of it for him, he was very happy with his price and you know what right. price that we because since other people would pay interest you're going to end up paying more with the life of the loan so that's how you're able to buy higher right is right that because your, yeah. the other thing is this too is if you look at our, our pay down factor instead of having to pay that down in 30 years yeah. to be around that same number if you actually look at our pay down rate yeah uh, it's like way less mm-hmm. yeah so and then once we kind of worked out those deals where the, the house is paid free and clear you mm-hmm. didn't have a mortgage so then we just worked out terms that he was happy with. And the nice thing about it is when we got the property, we had to get rid of all the stuff, um, you know, obviously make it nice for the new buyers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had new buyers that came in and they gave us a nice down payment. Yep. And now we're obviously making cash flow every month and their intention down the road is to buy this property. Now what's the nice thing about rent to own is after we do improvements to the property and because it's going to be a time sale down the road and, with the way our market is right now, we still have a really nice back end spread on that too. So it's working out really, really well for us. And yeah. every single month that we're making that payment to the seller is every month we owe less on the house. And uh, every month where our tenant buyer is renting and paying rent um, and we're still cash flowing on top of that, it just, mm-hmm. it works out wonderful. And when our tenant buyer buys it, gets you cashed out you get a really nice back end check too so so the person who you financed it from so the gentleman selling the house how long of a term do you usually do for that so right now we're at a point where we don't want to do anything less than five years um i just locked up a deal with a seller yesterday where uh and it's kind of nuts he got relocated for his job and this was from another investor reached out to me and says i have a deal where the guy kind of wants too much money for what he what it is and it doesn't make sense for a wholesale deal but you know, he's got relocated for his job. He just did all this work to this house and it's absolutely beautiful. But for the town, he way overdid it for the town. Yeah. And he knows that. And he wants to just sell it quickly. So he's got a house where we're buying for 75,000. He's got over a hundred and something into it. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he'll sell it for 75. I mean, he did a job so nice. I wish he'd come do it to my house. Yeah. Uh, my wife would love it because it looks so <laughs> even seen it yet. It's, it's killer. He did such a great job. Um, so, but, but with that being the case, um, we structured the same deal. We'll pay your taxes, we'll pay the insurance, and we're going to pay you $500 a month for the next 10.8 years until the property's paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was so happy because we're giving, now in that situation, we're doing $10,000 down to the seller. So he wants a down payment at mm-hmm. closing of $10,000. And typically so, we try to buy with no money down. Yes. So typically we try to do with no money down, but wow. however, at times you might have to. So if times like this you do, yeah, you're gonna have to come up with some closing costs. So that's going to be in this situation, I'm guessing another $3,000. So 13,000 out of pocket, which for some people that could be kind of tough. But what right. happens is if you have a business model, like what we do with rent to own, and that's a dollars $140,000 house, and you get 10% down, you're going to get that, that money recuperated back the minute you put in a tenant buyer. And this house is turnkey, doesn't need a thing, just 
put the rent-to-own sign up on the internet, put the sign in the front yard, and start screening phone calls for mm -hmm. folks who have a good down payment for it. Yeah. Um, it's that quick. So what's going to happen is your turnaround time, if it's a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood, could be a month or two, maybe even three. Say if it's even four months, the most I'm really paying is 500 bucks a month for this house. And it's a 0% mortgage, so would I really care anyway? Right. I don't want to pay it, but okay, I get it. But when you get that right tenant buyer in there, who's somebody who's really right for the property, mm -hmm. and they're, they're going to buy it. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, and you almost hope it's down the road much further. So we give you a lot of time. We don't rush you through the process because the more that you're- As long as we have the term. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what you really want to make sure that you're doing it correctly. But you know, if you have a 10-year term till it's paid off in full, because that, in that situation it is, Yeah. Uh, they want to rent on it for five, six years. If it's like a, an amazing house and the term is three years, then you're going to want to make sure that you're going to put in somebody and you're going to like make sure they're qualifying to be able to get out of that. In two yeah. years in that yeah. situation, you want to get them. Check in and in a year later. And if they're not ready, you might have to take them out and put somebody else in. And we try never to do that, obviously. That's why it is good to know, you know, the scenarios that can, and that's why Joseph, 10 years is really a, 10 years or more really yeah so we have some that are just the life of the loan yeah we've got some that are 30 years right now because they just you know did mortgage um loan modification so and that's with a wraparound mortgage so you can yeah. do that yeah. so the, in every state they're different um names for them but basically what you're doing is subject to a lot of people call it yeah um, we actually like doing it with a wraparound mortgage a lot more because it does help your seller down mm -hmm. the road ever going to apply for loans of car loans or, or so mortgage. is that where you you hold the title for that don't you yes we'll so then it. they don't have the debt in their name still or how does that nope uh they do they'll still have the debt in their name okay uh, so you, what you're going to be doing is making the payment on their behalf basically so what okay. you're going to create a new mortgage which you're going to create around their existing mortgage so for okay. example i'll give you one we just did of those two um we had a seller reach out to us through our marketing Mm -hmm. I do not, this is one, I just did this through texting because <laughs> I have a script we've got developed that we, we developed and I just copy and paste. It really is what I was doing. She answered. I just kept on copying and paste by the end of it. It was a deal. So now all I did is we got on the phone. I explained to her what was going on and it was, it was good. So she just bought the house two years ago. She's a single mom. She realized it wasn't for her. Her furnace died. That was thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. The sewer backed up and she had to get it snaked. That was, you know, money. Yeah. And stuff started happening. The town was getting on her because her grass was getting way out of whack. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a lawnmower that worked. And she was like, she was single I mom and COVID. Yeah. I mean, the poor woman was literally, you know, ready to just walk away from the house and she just didn't even know what to do. And it really was, I mean, she was tears just yeah. so happy that we were able to come in and help her out. So basically, when we first spoke, she's like, I just bought this two years ago, but I mean, it needed some repairs now. And, you know, the kitchen had some broken cabinets, the backyard wasn't really mowed in two years so it turned into a little bit of jungle um yeah it just was what it was but that's okay because we'll we could do some little work we could do full blown it doesn't mm -hmm. matter um so the big thing for her is she really wanted to get what she bought it for and she just bought it for eighty thousand. and um i said that was fair she found out she owed 74 i said well then how about if i buy it for 80 and then i'll pay your closing costs too so then you know you're gonna get a check for six thousand dollars when it's at closing and she yeah. thought we were going to be like, I was messing around with her. I'm like, no, that's fine. Um, so she was very happy. So we have her $6,000 out of pocket for her um, at closing. Now we only owe 74,000 on the house, but we had to pay another 3000 in closing costs. So we have about 9,000 out of pocket. Um, we did, it was about a little over $5,000 worth of repairs to the house with redoing the hardwood floors um, doing a lot of work in the kitchen. The kitchen was nice. It just needed to have cabinets done, um, fixed, painting, uh, everything. The landscaping was quite a bit of money. Um, that was a big chunk of it. But it was a small ranch. Um, so I figured the retail on that house after we did it, you know, I'm into it for 83 plus the five. So really mm -hmm. I'm into it for 88. So I figure it's going to be a 100, maybe 110 property stretching. And my friend who was an appraiser said he just did one on the other street over. He's like, and you're crazy. It's a $120,000 property all along. And so the one that just got sold, it's the same. It's actually, that one's a little smaller than this one. Mm -hmm. And so we're even more. So we listed for 120. Um, we found a tenant buyer right away for the property. It was lightning quick. And she had $18,000 down plus 
the first month's rent. So you're getting a check for almost twenty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. The money that we have out right now at the beginning of it was like fourteen thousand. So right off the bat, you're instantly profitable, and then you're making some cash flow every month. And on that property, it's like I think six hundred. And um, you know, our tenant buyer loves it because this you can't find a house in this neighborhood for yeah. this kind of price. And, and what are your, your rent rates in that area? What are you at for like a $120,000 house? Like if you, um, so what we do is we have, um, like that one right there is 1499 a month mm-hmm. and, um, they pay the utilities. They pay, we pay the taxes cause it's all included in the payment that we're paying right. the insurance, but they're going to pay the utilities. And, um, so they're very happy. Yeah. yeah. Do you do higher rents than if you were to rent it like buy and hold investors or are you pay, doing like market rents? Like how do you set your. You actually want to set your rents to be kind of high because yeah. and you don't want to be super high, but because what's going to happen is when it's time to get a mortgage, we're talking to mortgage officer or mortgage Loan broker, officer. Mortgage right. broker today. And what he was saying is in order to make rent to own work, they're going to have somebody come out and test what's the market value for rents at the time. So in two or three years from now, if the market rents are less than a 10% variance, it can start affecting um, as far as if you have to do any other options, as far as creative financing to get them a mortgage. So you really want to make sure you're in market rent um, and you don't want to be too low and you can't be too high. So you definitely want to keep it adjusted. Um, mm-hmm. So you're just like higher end of like rent comps pretty much. You're like yeah. going to push that a little bit. But the thing is this too, is our houses, it's hard to do rent comps because the house next door is probably not going to be as nice as ours either. Right. Um, yeah. And we're turning it over to future owners and not tenants who are going to kind of trash it anyways. Right. So we give them a better quality product most of the time. Um, right. Some, not always. Some of them, we actually give them the option to do some of the work themselves. So once again, maybe you don't have that $6,000, yeah. $5,000 in repairs. You could do some of these as is, as a handyman special, still collect mm-hmm. a down payment. We're doing one of those right now. Um, that's the beauty of it. I mean, I was going to say like every single house or property is what you want to make of it. And if you don't have that extra cash to give them, um, you know, it's like moving money or whatnot, like you want to pay their closing costs, but you know, move out money or whatnot is, or what would you call it? Yeah. Or down payment money is really what it is. Yeah. They want a down payment. And if you can't swing that, you know, then maybe try to find a little bit to borrow that you're going to pay right back. We're not talking months. Again, we're talking maybe a month or two Um, even then you might find somebody that doesn't need any money like the the man we were talking about where he didn't even take the hundred dollars right exactly Um, you run into a lot of these situations and every one of them is going to have a different story but knowing how to structure these deals once you see some across your desk and say you know what this is what we do here and this is how it's going to work and my brain just kind of goes there quickly yeah sometimes it's a little slow and i got to really you know, study what's going on if it's a tougher deal. Um, but the ones that really kind of make sense. Um, and I knew that one street cause I grew up two streets over from it. So I know. The yeah. Area as well. Yeah. Um, but that's that, awesome. So yeah. So how are you finding your deals? So you like, where are you getting, how do you find these sellers? So besides your letter campaign, do you do other things? Because you guys use Facebook, don't you? For a lot of your. Um, so Jen crushes at social media. Yeah, does a great job. Okay, they crush it. But I feel like Facebook is a great place to find people to buy and sell houses. Um, I haven't you you know Instagram has been awesome to connect with other investors. But right. I haven't really pulled in a lot of buyers or sellers. Right. Um, I I just feel like it's a different crowd. Yeah. People are trying to learn. I think more on Instagram, but Facebook. I keep Facebook around just to post my rentals on there. So yeah. yeah. It's like all ages too on Facebook. So yeah. it's really just amazing who will see your posts. And I would definitely say um, Facebook is the way to go, especially now that a lot of us are at home. Um, you know, newspapers kind of outdated. Um, I do have, you know, other investor friends that do radio ads and TV commercials, um, but Facebook really works for us. And I think it's because we've really developed, we've crafted our methods, um, both paid and for free. And, you know, like, we were chatting before it's consistency and just yeah. really branding yourself and putting it out there and letting people know what you're doing. And, you know, we have a, two pages, actually, we have a rent to own page mm-hmm. with I rent to own. That's where we showcase the houses for sale and we talk about what it is to rent to own and all of that. And then we have our buying page, which is Gen buys five, eight, five and five, eight, five is our area code. Yeah. Even though we're expanding. So it's kind of, we don't want to change it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and so with those two, we get leads. Um, we'll get messages after we go live or we share posts. Um, and then we do do Facebook marketing um, ads as well, paid ads. And so that, was, that seems to be working really well for us because the thing I love about Facebook, you're talking to folks of every age range. I mean, grandparents have Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, parents have Facebook. Their kids have Facebook. So mm -hmm. that's a kind of unique platform. Usually grandparents don't have Instagram. Yeah. Some might, but might be a savvy grandparent. But a very, yeah. Okay, well, I said some do, but some might not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a different uh, field there. But also, too, we do really well with referrals. Um, now, referrals do, too, we market and tell everybody that we'll pay you if you know anybody yes. who sends us a lead. Or, I mean, that you know that's going to be selling your home. And if we buy it, we pay you $1,000. And again, it's the abundance and, mindset. I know some folks might get caught up with, oh, I don't want to have to pay other people. You can't think like that. You have to you right. know, kind of generate the wealth and share it and be excited about it. So maybe you can't afford giving $1,000 away. We started it, I think, two fifty dollars when we first started. And now we're up to the $1,000 referral um, because we really see the value. And we just we love the looks on their faces when they get those checks. Well, yes. and, you know, the thing is, this, and this is where you have to think of your smart investor. Right? Yeah. And if it doesn't cost you any money to say, hey, I will pay you $1,000 if you send me a, a deal that I could buy. It goes through. It yeah. goes through. Mm -hmm. so it's like, hey, my, this neighbor, this house down the street's for sale, but if we actually do the deal. Now, if yeah. you do, you pay this person $1,000 and you make 5000 from that deal, you work out pretty nicely first. Yeah. Now, if you make $10,000 from that deal, then you're even happier. If you make $20,000 or $30,000 or $40,000 from that deal, for $1,000, don't be a cheapskate and spend the $1,000. Yeah. Make somebody want to work with you yeah. and make them want to. They, these folks like love us and they're sending us pictures. If there's a, if there's a for sale by owner sign in someone's yard, we get text messages all the time for folks who are FedEx mm -hmm. drivers for their jobs. And um, one's an appraiser is a friend of ours and he's all over the place. And, and we even do sometimes it's $5. I'll, you know, PayPal or Venmo them um, or leave gift cards to my friends. And yeah. that way, you know, just to let them know, like, we're serious. This is our business. And thank you for taking five seconds to snap a photo and send it our way. And that'll, you know, increase that more. So there's so many again, creative ways to look for your deals. And then the, I think the one that's really working out well too, is just, it's networking with other investors mm -hmm. who can't get anywhere with dead leads that you are able to resurrect and with creative financing, put deals together where, you know, they weren't going to do anything with these and they couldn't mm -hmm. figure out the method how to get these done or even better yet, you train them in how, what you want. And it's almost like they work for you because now our guys are calling me and say, Hey, I've got a creative finance deal. This is going to work well for you. This is what's going on. And a few of them in particular, when we just did a seller call just the other day, I was going to get on the phone to explain to her what was going on. I actually on. got it on video. <laughs> it was the coolest That's awesome. Thing. This is a guy who has been investing for a little over a year now and had no idea of how to do creative finance, but with just he and I working deals together, me explaining to him and then him listening to me work deals. Mm -hmm. He did such a great job on the phone. I put the phone down. I was like, I don't even need to be talking right now. Yeah. He's crushing it. And I was so happy for him. And after we get off the call, I was like, you don't even need me around anymore. I mean, you have this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I just, you know, I, I've been listening. And I mean, he was fantastic. I was so happy for him because, you know, I always thought it a long time ago, like I want to help other people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's part of the need because, you know, I grew up with not having all the wonderful things in the world. And once I knew I had to do a lot of hard work in order to get it because real estate investing is about determination. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's going to be days that you're going to be sunshine and rainbows and there's going to be days you're going to get kicked in the teeth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those days. And if you can't handle getting kicked in the teeth and punched in the face a few times, you know, you got to really be careful hopping into this because it's not all that mm -hmm. easy. But yeah. the reward that you do get is beyond what you could you know, comprehend a lot of times. Right. So that's why you do what you do. And if you start getting really good and you get into formulas that work in a system that mm -hmm. work, now it's just rinse and repeat and keep doing the same thing repeatedly. And, you know, there's not a deal where we're going to hit home runs on. But if you get to first base a lot, you're going to win. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's, what we, that's what we focus on. And I forgot to ask too. So you require a larger down payment and then you, they pay you monthly rents. How much of that do you apply to like principal? Do you do interest rates? Like how does that So they're just work? paying rent. Okay. Um, they're just paying rent, but anything they pay above their rent. So if, if rent is 1300 okay. you're going to pay 100 200 300 400 800 1000 over that every month, mm -hmm. you can't. And anything you pay above that is going to go towards the down payment. Okay. Or their gotcha. option payment. So 
what happens is with some landlords, they're going to jack up the rent really high and then yeah. give, you know, you're going to get this much of a credit, but sometimes you're going to put people, maybe they can't afford that much. So we kind of give them the choice to pick what's comfortable for their budget. Yeah. And some folks say, Hey, I'll want to pay a ton more. Well then great. Some say, no, I'm really kind of pegged at that rent, but I do have this nice down payment and I'm going to qualify. So we're fine with that too. So we want to make sure if we keep the rent lower, we're going to appeal to more people, but if you want to have that ability to pay more, we're going to give you that option too. And yep. a lot of our folks do, and they love that because over time, their option payments growing. Um, yeah, that money's income. Just so everybody knows, everybody's at thinking right now. Well, where's that money go? Uh, your yeah. down payment goes to you. Your that's income for you. Your down your cash flow, rather that's the extra and your markup. That's also your income. Just if you're yeah. Okay. So down payment you're keeping, and then you're keeping the rent pretty much. And if they pay above that, that pays down there principle that just gets no that just gets added to their down payment so once you go get a mortgage so for an example if they gave us ten thousand at close at, you know when we signed them up for the property okay and we do this all with attorneys in the beginning yeah so it's all yeah. done with attorneys nothing's done at a kitchen countertop good <laughs> and they even pay for that it's part of their closing package so what's going to happen is they go to the attorney's office they're going to bring their down payment their first month's rent the attorney fee which is 300 bucks mm -hmm. uh, and then once we do that closing they get the keys to the property. They can move right in. Um, so our, our process takes about a weekish. So it's not very long before you can move in. It doesn't yeah. take very long. It just depends on the attorney schedule. And right. <laughs> yeah. But it's and definitely so, different than the 30 to 60 oh, closing yeah. day periods on normal our loans. Is so fast. We had one. She was just in town for a few days. And she was like, hey, I've got $30,000 down. She's like, I need to, like, I'm leaving town tomorrow. Can your attorney get me in tomorrow? I call up my attorney. Like, this lady's perfect. She just yeah. had a situation happen. She's got a good down payment. Can you get her in tomorrow? He's like, I'll make it happen. And she was been one of the most wonderful tenant buyers that we've ever had. She's yeah. written books about life. I mean, she's just, she's fantastic. So awesome. to answer your question, um, if the rent is whatever, and they pay, say, $100 more a month, mm -hmm. that $100 every month is going to be added to that $10,000 every month. Okay. Now, it doesn't, there's not like a, like a separate bank account we keep it in because this is all reported as income. Um, and over time, that number, which we keep track of through accounting and all of that, right. um, every two years, you think about it's another, or every year it's $1,200, two years, 2,400, three years, mm -hmm. it's 3,600. And so after three years, you've got 10,000 plus 3,600. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've tried to qualify for some grants to see if they do, but some grants, maybe, you know, home buyers club and things like that. Um, so there's a lot of different options. They could do that and they could do all of these things while living in their future home. So that's why our tenant buyers love it because there's no land. So what does it look like at the end for them? Like if they're, if they get their credit up and they are ready to like, do they switch eventually to like conventional mortgage then? Is that yeah, the end? I was going to say we had um, a, a couple ladies, they were paying, they would pay a little extra even because they were just bound and determined. Um, they did it in 18 months and they were just go-getters. Like we got the text yeah. one day, like, Hey, we're going to Quicken Loans. We're going to close. And we were like, yeah, girls, we're so yeah. excited. Um, and so that was, I think, I don't know, there was a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, I kind of felt like I was writing a paper, trying to get all the paperwork together for the freaking <laughs> loans. Um, but you know, I was able to do it because everything was virtual, which now yeah. it's gotta be anyway, but this was back in the free, was it January, February? Ooh, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, January. Okay. <laughs> um, and so they, you know, had the appraiser come out or. Yeah, in the middle of winter time, the inspectors come out. So we got through the process, and I'll tell you what, it was fantastic because they were celebrating, and you know they had the celebration when they first move in. Yeah. yeah. After you've already been there for a while, but you just signed the paperwork, now it's officially yours. Like you have a second celebration. Mm -hmm. but yeah. You don't have to worry about moving in now because you've already there. You know. So. So their down payment is that the down? So when they pay a down payment to move in, do you just hold that, and that is their down payment at the end? Also, uh, I just have to prove it. So I yeah. had to like go pull the bank statement and show the check that they handed me um, okay. and show that that was the, the option deposit. And then every month they paid on time. The bank wants to know that as far as, you know, where they laid on payments and all mm -hmm. that. Shows, and then how much over the rent. And that was like a separate category. So they could um, add that to it. And um, the process as far as with the Quicken loans or with a lending yeah. institution, you know, you want to have a lot of good lending institutions. Right. Um, and good options for your tenant buyers because everybody's situation, somebody might be self-employed, somebody might had, maybe they did have bad credit. Yeah. Um, now the thing is, I do have a little bit of knowledge with credit because of my 
background. So I can right. look at credit and right. be like, okay, you just need to fix this. Come on. Yeah. Um, some of them are like, hey, listen, we need to do a, some major surgery here. So it depends on what, what it really is. And if you but, yourself don't have the 15 years in finance, there are companies in your town, I guarantee it, that can help you out um, that are local. And a lot of them are even free or more very inexpensive. inexpensive. They have financial fitness classes. I know downtown here yeah. and just so many places that are, you know, really helpful as far as credit repair goes. And a lot of folks are already enrolled in something. It's, you know, it seems to be too. So don't let him intimidate you. Right. Yeah. I'm a Dave Ramsey person. So I'm like, that part makes like, that's the easy part to me, <laughs> but, um, I'm just like, yeah, the money transfer is like still can so, okay, so essentially you're holding their down payment and you give it back to them. Yeah. No, it's just a Sorry. statement on the mortgage. No, it took me. Okay. Yeah. You're, you've already, I mean, if they gave you that money two to three years ago, you've already used that money for, probably for another deal that you've already right. bought. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what yeah. happens there? Yeah. You're reinvesting that money. Okay. That, so they bought the house for what? 130? She understands it. Yeah. It took so me forever. Yeah. This part is boggling my mind a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I hope someone else out there is like, not thinking I'm an idiot, but <laughs> so. Now, that's totally cool. So the down payment goes right into our bank account. Okay. So we report that as income. That's our okay. money. It's non-refundable. Okay. And they know that it's non-refundable. So okay. That's the option payment. So that's the part of it, which has got to be crucial is they know that if you guys leave town or whatever it is, because you're holding up my asset that I want to sell. And right. I, I can sell it in so many different ways. I could have sold it to somebody else, but this is part of the reason why you're holding up this sale and all the money that I'm going to be getting from this sale is you're the reason why this is not selling. So with that being the case, that's your option payment. So they yeah. know it's non-refundable. So with that being the case, we pay the taxes on it. It gets reported as income that year. Um, and then with the proceeds of that, we could use to reinvest into other deals. So that next deal where they need, you know, $2,000, $5,000 down, I'm using that money to now right. keep growing it. Because I'm like, that's a great money source. I'm thinking in my mind, like this would be kind of awesome if people had a good down payment to keep yeah. cycling to more houses. And the thing is, once you get the cash flow thing going, that's your key because the down yeah. payment is great. But if you're making, you know, four or five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars on a property every month, once you get to, you know, three, four, five, okay, great, get to ten, twenty, thirty, yeah. it starts really changing things quite a bit. And yeah. now it gets to a point where we're buying and selling a lot of homes virtually. We've hired a team of, of folks on our side to help us out. And so, what do the people who are buying the home use for their down payment money? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I guess. Right. Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to. So what happens is now, you know, once you're actually going to buy the house and it's all getting done on the mortgage, you just have to show the transfer of funds, which is just a copy of the check, and then you're going to have that just written on the, on the paperwork, and that's how it all goes. There's not like they have to actually come up to closing with the money. They already did just years ago. Okay. So that's that's the point of it. Is, that's the, that's the part that gets me for some reason because it's like they don't actually put any money down when they buy the house because they have equity in the home. Is that? No, they do money down, but okay. you've, already, you've already received it. I know it's confusing. The rest of yes. it is into the mortgage. Gotcha. Everything else they're going to roll it right into the mortgage. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Because so what's going to happen is so the bank's going to determine it as a value of this. Then they need a mortgage for this. Here's the closing costs. Here's the first year of taxes. It's already been paid through this. They put everything in escrow. Um, and it's really, you're just showing up and signing some forms. We have another one we're doing right now. It's going to be the same process. Um, it blows your mind at first, but then do you or the person that buying the house ever pay anything at closing? You know, so what could happen is sometimes, yeah, if you have your seller, for an example, and this could run into be an issue for folks if you don't collect a big enough down payment in the beginning. Yes. So in the beginning, you want to have usually at least a bare minimum of 10% of your selling price. Yep. So rough numbers, $100,000 house, you want a minimum of 10 grand down plus first month's rent. Um, and that's not just for, that's to protect you and your seller. Mm -hmm. yep. Because if you only take $3,000 down, these people are living in this house for two to three years. They fix their credit. They've gone to the bank. The bank says, yeah, you guys are ready to go. You need $7,000 down. They say, well, we don't have $7,000. Right. Now what do you do? And now their contract expires. Do you kick them out or do you hope they come up with $7,000 in, in the near future? 
it right. doesn't so work you well. you're kind of being responsible as the people doing these selling contracts to make sure your down payment is big enough so they don't end up in that situation i'm guessing at the end yeah and i'm gonna be transparent in the beginning i like my head was spinning because again i'm an english teacher and i'm and people will you know they're like this is way too much you were asking i, I don't have that kind of money those right. are buyers right so you need to have firm and he always did he was very firm and he understood it obviously probably the finance background helped. yeah yeah um, and now that i've been in it for years, almost four years, I understand that it is a disservice to put somebody into one of our homes that does not have a big enough down payment. Yeah. Because it is not going to help them, certainly not going to help us, and they're never going to buy the house, you know? I was listening and to a podcast where they talked about this, and I didn't understand it at the time, but like it, the wheels are clicking now. <laughs> I'm with you guys. <laughs> I'll give you an example of a deal that we're going through right now. We have a deal where um, we sold in this house almost four years ago for 130000 different house than we just talked about. Mm -hmm. They gave the same thing. They gave us ten thousand dollars. It was down. like one of our firsts. We yeah, were so excited. So we were doing rent out, rentals for a very long time. Yeah. This is when when we switched from all of our rentals to rent to own four years ago. So okay. Jen actually been doing this for thirteen years now. But our rent to own model changed four years ago, where we stopped all single family home rentals because all we had were single family homes, mm -hmm. and we switched from just single family home rent to own. And it was a crazy summer. Yeah, had a lot of folks who, you know, they're actually, some of them are planning on moving out anyways for one reason or another. I wish I had this community back then. That's all I Yeah, <laughs> I bet. That summer was, that summer was. I hope I can help others out there that might be feeling that way. Yeah. Uh, but when they moved in, they bought it for 130. They gave us $10,000 down. So the house back then was worth 130. Now it's worth 170,000. Yeah. And they're still looking for a $120,000 mortgage. So. Yeah. By doing things this way, and it's written in writing exactly what they're going to be able to buy the house for. Once those houses are appreciating, um, your your tenant buyer is loving the fact. And the longer they're in it, usually the more the house keeps appreciating. So that loan to value becomes better and better over time. And those are the things. You have a good big down payment. You have a mm -hmm. good loan to value. Your debt to income is in line. You're, you don't have a lot of debt. And those are the keys to getting a mortgage. Your credit could be as low as a 580 and still get a mortgage based on some of those factors I just talked about. Gosh, did you all just love this episode? I hope you're enjoying each of these podcasts as much as I am. If you are, please go subscribe to the podcast and spread the word by sharing your thoughts on Instagram. If you are not already aware, I'm pretty much obsessed with Instagram. So seriously, come find me. Instagram is the place where I'm going to announce every new podcast episode. I also share new products as I post them into my store. And I also am just going to be oversharing way too much about my personal life as a DIY landlord and a working boss mom. Thanks so much for listening.